So a year ago, literally a year ago, Steph and I were going on our dream vacation, and that was to Colorado to go skiing. We had skied in North Carolina, and uh, that was beautiful, very icy. And so there was something about the powder that was calling our names to go out west and ski. And, and so I booked the flight, and I booked it for a Sunday, and I thought, you know what? I'll book it after church, so we'll go ahead, and I'll, I'll, I'll preach, and then I'll give our give ourselves a little bit of time. Pensacola's right there. Don't you love our airport? So easy to get in, get out of. We've lived in big cities and a little more complicated. And so, man, we booked this trip, and on the way over there, on the way over there, I'm looking at the time, and I'm realizing a couple things. Number one, whoever spoke that day spoke a little extra long, and um, I don't know who that was. Um, Number two, we said that we wouldn't talk to so many people outside because we had a flight to catch. And we had friends uh, waiting on us in Colorado. And, and so we were just going to, like, finish, talk to a few people, head to the airport, uh, get something to eat over there. And we found ourselves checking in, checking our bags with just a few minutes before the plane f- flew out. You want to talk about stressful. That's stressful, right? So stressful. Well, not as stressful as getting up to the gate, making it through security, you know, getting to the gate. And then you get to the gate and the lady's saying, I'm sorry, we've overbooked this flight. And there are four people in front of you. But that wasn't as stressful as hearing the next words that came out of her mouth as Stephanie was in the restroom. So she's missing all all the important information here, all the updates. The lady looked at me and in a very professional, business, confident-like manner, she said, You are not going to fly to Colorado today. And uh, (laughs) like, I dare you to say that one more time. You know, (laughs) just say it one more time. I'm like, what? What are you talking about? No way. And I tried everything. I tried the sweet talking. I tried the Dale Carnegie. You know, how's your granddaughter? I tried all that stuff. None of it worked. None of it worked. I tried as much as I could. And then I, I felt the anger starting to rise up, right? Because injustice was happening. The slopes were calling my name. I wanted to be snowboarding. And this was going to cost us. It was going to cost us a rental car. It was going to cost us um, spending the night in a hotel in New Orleans on uh, right before Fat Tuesday, right? Yeah, yeah, that was crazy. And... um, and so, yeah, very expensive hotel, right, because they're, they're, all the cheap ones were gone. And, and so it cost us. It cost us like crazy. It, it cost us driving over there, and it cost us a, a day of skiing and snowboarding. It cost us. And, and, and we're going we're gonna to talk about trying to live life without margin is what we're going to talk about for the next couple weeks. And I'm so glad that you came back. And I really believe no matter who you are or where you are, I believe that this series will connect with you. I believe that it will help you because the truth is from time to time, we all struggle with margin, don't we? In other words, we try to cram too much in, try to get too much out of, and in trying to do that, what happens is is a mess. And just like that whole trip, what should have started out very relaxing was extremely, (laughs) extremely stressful. And living life without always is. It always is. And we have so, much, so many things going on. So many things, right? It's like the bumper video. I mean, it just, life doesn't stop. It just keeps going and it keeps going and it keeps going. And we have everything from emails and text messages and 
voicemails and we have work and we have homework and we have papers to write and exams to take and we have extra hours and trying to trying to finish the project and we have deadlines I mean, where do you fit exercise in, right? And, and for some of us, you have hair appointments, I, I used to, and, and, and test, right? And traffic and church. I mean, goodness, we, we just, how do we come up with time for all these things? I mean, where do you find the time to have dinner with friends? Well, you just slow down and say, you know what? We're going to live intentionally. We're going to live life a little bit slower than a lot of other people. Maybe you have family coming in town. Steph and I, we've had, um, had a couple weeks back to back to back of family in town, and, and we've got um, friends coming in town this week and friends coming in town next week. And, and it's just like, wow, right? Like sometimes, does anyone here feel overwhelmed? Or maybe you're a stay-at-home mom, and you have one or two or three or four or five, God help you, or six kids. And I mean, you're just losing your mind. You're trying the best you can, and, and it's just not easy. It is not easy, and, 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 and we put this on our kids. We put this on our kids, right? Not only do we live complicated lives, and, and we don't take time to inhale and exhale, and the title of the series, just, just breathe. Not only do we not have time to breathe, but we make sure our kids don't because they got soccer practice at this time, and after soccer practice, then they have this, and then they have gymnastics, then they have this, and on and on and on. And, and where in the world and how in the world can our relationships flourish to be everything that God dreamed them to be when we are living life extremely, living life without margin? Guests coming in, summertime. Do you have a lot of guests come in? They say, hey, we're coming in town. We just love the beach. I mean, we just love you. Can we stay with you? Or we love to see you. This happens. And the truth is we all need margin. It's why we go to church or a movie theater and want to spread out. Right? I mean, the worst thing in the world, right, is getting to a movie late, especially when it just came out that night. And the, there's two seats, one for you and her, and they're on the front row. Got nice seating. Right? I mean... We like space. We went yesterday. Um, Steph stopped at a store, Marshall's maybe. Was it Marshall's? I don't know, in, in Mobile. And uh, she went into a store, and that's another story. But she went in there um, to, get, to get something. And uh, I'm sitting outside, and I kind of park away a little bit. There's some parking up here. I park away a little bit, and there's this van, and there's our little white rental car right now that we're in, Ford Fusion. And uh, you step on it, and it has to think about it. Before it decides if it wants to go or not, at least the rental car does. Only 20,000 miles, but some people got, they got some mileage out of that car. And so we're sitting in there, and Steph and Riley, they go inside, and the boys, we're in the car. You know what boys do when boys are alone, they get into trouble. And, and so we're sitting in there, and I watch this car, Atlanta, Fulton County, uh, plates, Georgia plates. They pull up real quick, and they could have parked anywhere, but they parked between me and this van. And, and the people getting out of this car were big people. I mean, like tall and big and strong people. And, and my window's down. I'm looking at a teenager. The father driving is probably 320, 6'7", 6'8", big guy. The wife, she's tall. You know, his brother, it looked like, gets out. He's, he's tall. They all get out. And literally, like his door's here and my door's here. Now, I know it's a rental. He doesn't. And so I'm just watching to see how this thing plays out. Because, like, how are you going to get out of that? I'm skinny. I don't know how you're going to get out. How are you going to get you skinny, too? How are you going to get out? 
but you're bigger than I. How you get? And I'm just kind of, you know, just doing this, just smiling, watching him. And he so carefully opens the door, and he gets out, and he does this thing that we've all have done, you know, and like we're acrobatics, right? Gymnastics, trying to get out, and he doesn't want to scratch the car. And um, they go inside, and then evidently they're running late, so they they're literally hustling out to the car. They jump in. And they take off. Well, when he jumped in, he forgot about how close. I don't know how you forget. You're like this close. He opens the door, thunk, right into the car, right into the rental car. And, and hits, the, hits the door. And um, the guy with him said, excuse us. And they drive off. Excuse us. And they drive off. You know, we like margin. That's why some of us, um, maybe you have a newer car or it's just new to you. And so you park away. And you're like, I'm okay. I'll walk three miles into Publix. I don't got to have the first parking place, but I don't want someone's paint on my car. You know what I'm talking about? We like margin. We like it. That's why we get tight when we're driving and someone starts to come in our lane and we blow the horn. That's why some of us, uh, maybe you, you fly a lot and you like to fly in first class. You just like to stretch out a little bit. That's why many of us have savings account. We have something called overdraft protection. 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 It's why when we go on a mission trip and you're riding in like the crappiest van or shuttle bus ever on a missions trip, it's why you're nervous because these roads have no margin. In fact, they have no lanes. <laughs> it's just nuts. Anyone know what I'm talking about? It is absolutely crazy. And if you've ever opened a book where there was no margin, there was no margin, no white space, you just something isn't. Right. And what I want us to remember, if we can take the message today and if we can just kind of boil it down, if we can simplify it into a sentence, I want us to remember this, that as our margin decreases, our stress increases. Would you say that with me? As our margin decreases, our stress increases. One more time. As our margin decreases, our stress increases. You know what I'm talking about. You've been late for work, right? You've been late for work. You're sitting in traffic. The person in front of you isn't moving. And you just want to lay on that horn. Ah, in fact, you just do. You can't take it anymore. Ah. But you're backed up for three miles and he can only scoot up six feet. But you're like, you're holding me back. You're keeping me back. As our margin decreases, the truth is our stress increases. Listen to this statistic. This is a Incredible. According to the American Institute of Stress, 75 to 90% of all visits to primary care physicians' offices, they're linked to stress disorders. Isn't that something? According to the American Institute of Stress, 75% to 90%, somewhere in between, of all visits to primary care are linked to stress disorders. And we live in a day and an age and in a culture where we are constantly invited, constantly tempted, constantly pulled to live at the very edge. And we try to cram so much more, cram so much more. And in cramming so much more, we lose who we are, who we are. This happens relationally. I mean, you know, one of the questions I ask our team when we do our monthly evals, I ask them, how's your relationship with your with your siblings? Do you talk to them? Because you know what? I mean, life just happens, right? And if we don't live intentionally, when was the last time I talked to him? When was the last time you called her? 
It happens maritally. When we have no margin, we get stressed out. And you know what I'm talking about. I mean, we fight about the stupidest stuff, right? I mean, not Steph and I. We never fight. But y'all fight, right? Y'all fight about that. No, right? You ever had a dumb fight, and then all of a sudden it escalates to World War III? And the truth is you have no idea why you're fighting. You just know you're angry. And it started over something so stupid. Anyone just want to confess real quick? Just thank you, making me feel better. It's always my fault, babe. But it happens financially when we get too stretched out. And we really got to have, got to have, got to have. And so we take on one more bill. And, and we, think, we think we can do it. We can make it. We can handle it. And it's just too tight. It's why some of us are house poor. And why some of us say we'll never be house poor again. Because we've been there, done that. Worn out the t-shirt. For some of us emotionally, we get burnout. Or professionally, we get burnout, and then we become angry, and people are like, what's wrong with him? What's wrong with her? It's because we live life without. And Jesus invites us to a better way to live. Jesus has something to say. And, and the truth is, if you're here and you're like, well, great, that's great for you. I, I don't believe in Jesus. That's okay. That's okay. This will still work for you. This principle, this truth will work for you. Morally, morally, what happens is we miss out when we live morally with no, with no margin. How does that look like? Well, you might be a young person, a young person, and you're dating, and he or she is constantly, constantly trying to pull you in to have a sexual relationship, and you know what the Bible says. You know where the line is, and yet you just get further and further and closer and closer and closer to the edge. And when we live life spiritually or morally, with no margin, we miss out. We miss out on the blessings that God has for us. It's so easy to do. I struggle with it. Do you struggle with it? I struggle with it. Some of us physically, we just go, 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 and we just think our bodies are a machine. Some of you are like, my body is a machine. <laughs> but you try to go very long without sleep. I think they call it hell week. Right? Not what they call it. Hell life. Okay. Hell week. Seeing if you can go so many days with no sleep. It's crazy. And we wonder why mentally we're maxed out and physically we're worn out. And, and we get this electronically. We get this because we come home and it's where's my cord. My phone's about ready to die. As if the world is going to end when my phone dies. I gotta be looking at the pictures and liking and see who's liking my pictures. We can't afford for this thing to go down. I only have 13%. Someone give me a cord. <laughs> Y'all don't struggle with that, do you? Yeah, cords around our house. Finally, I was like, someone give me a Sharpie. I'm writing initials on the little cube, right? And when we live without, when we live life without margin, what? we find is we're living a life that's unsustainable. Amen. <laughs> It'll make you cry. You ever listen to music with no rest? You ever been to a conference with no breaks? You're like, are you kidding me? He's going to keep talking. You ever been to a play? There are no intermissions. You ever played a game where there's no timeouts, no water breaks, no half times? We know what life is. It leads to excessive stress. 
And excessive stress on your body will lead to excessive damage to your health. Culture screams extreme. Go more. Don't miss out. And God invites us to step back and to inhale. Why don't you do that with me? Would you inhale right now? Ready? Everyone, we have time. Let's inhale. Exhale. That's therapeutic, isn't it? Does that just feel good? Let's try it one more time. Inhale. Exhale. Repeat as needed. That's probably as close to yoga as I'll ever get right there. Um, But when we don't have margin in our life, you know what happens? Here's what we can expect. Number one, if you're taking notes, number one, our stress increases. Our stress increases. We feel it in traffic, running behind when we're trying to catch a flight, cramming the night before a test, or cramming the morning of a test. How about that one? Or an unexpected expense when there is no margin or room for error. And stress affects the body. Don Colbert in his book, Stress Less, says this, and I quote, The body stress response involves more than 1,400 known physical and chemical reactions involving more than 30 different hormones and neurotransmitters. Excessive release of stress hormones damage cells, tissues, and organs. Here's four truths real quick about stress. Number one, not all stress is bad, right? Like if not all stress is bad, we, we were created to be able to handle stress. But number two, too much stress is bad. When you go through a loss of a loved one or you go through a divorce, those are major life crises. It's major stress. And yet that is actually to go through those things as bad as that is, is not as bad on our bodies as going through The smaller, normal, regular, everyday stress that hits us and hits us and hits us. And like water on a rock over time, it can leave its mark. Number three, what you and what I perceive to be stressful to us is. So we're going to talk week four about thinking and how we can align our thinking a little bit differently. Because if I think this is stressful and then I have to go through it, guess what it is? And the truth is, things that stress you out don't stress me out. And things that stress me out don't stress you out. It's really about perception. What we are, what we think, becomes stressful to us. Number four, we can choose. Here's what I love. We can choose to control much of the stress level in our life. How do we do that? We get our calendar back. We set some guardrails. We protect our family. We've had to do this, Steph and I, because I can... Tell you honestly, maybe you struggle with this too. There have been times where we look back and, and it was a few nights before, not a few nights, let me say a few weeks before we, as we're thinking back, we're like, man, when was the last time we had dinner around the table, right? Like the problem with fast food is it's fast. And if you eat it too fast, you don't enjoy it. And God invites us to step back, to slow down, to downshift and to enjoy, to enjoy life. And the way to do that is to say, you know what? We can control the amount of stress. We can do that. We can take ownership, and there's some things that we can do. Number one, stress increases when we have no margin. Number two, our focus narrows, and we become about me, 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 me. 
And, and all of a sudden, our capacity for serving others is deleted because our margin has been depleted. And so normally I have a heart and I love people, but it's like, no, no. And we become border bullies. We try to guard what little bit of life we have. You know what I'm talking about? If you have kids, you get up early. Because once they get up, it's on. Serve me, serve me. What about mommy, daddy, daddy, right? Mommy, mommy, daddy, daddy. And our focus narrows. And we become more self-centered, self-absorbed. Number three, our relationships Finally, number three, our relationships, they take a hit. We have zero quality time. We're incapable of giving our undivided attention. We're on the phone, we come home from work, but we're still working. And then we're at home for 30 minutes or 45 minutes or an hour or two hours, and we're still working on the phone. And the kids run up, Daddy, hey, that's great, it's great to see you. Okay, okay, leave me alone, I need some time. I got to do this. And what our kids are seeing and what they're feeling is you don't love me. Because kids all spell love the same way they spell it t-i-m-e and there's something about shutting it down there's something about unplugging and disconnecting that helps us breathe maybe you personally have felt this with your inability to connect connect with your spouse your kids your friends your family maybe you're just un. Available, unavailable emotionally. You just, you know, and, and, and your wife says, you're just not there. Maybe you, you say, I'm home, I come home, but when you're home, you're checked out. You just want to veg out because you're burnt out. Andy Stanley says it best when he says, busyness is the enemy of intimacy. So I would say to every yes that we say, we're really saying no to someone or something. And just the opposite of that is true. Every time I say no, I'm saying yes. In ministry, I love it, and I love this church. This is the greatest, um, one of the greatest privileges of my life. Being a Jesus follower is number one. Being a husband is number two. Being a father is number three. And number four is being able to be the pastor at Momentum. I love it. One of the things I love is helping people. I love to help people. I love people. You can't fake it, right? You can't fake. You ever you ever met someone faking they love people, and they're in a people business, a people person business. Like, I'm smiling, you know. You're like I'm dying, man. What's your what's your what's your problem? You ever seen someone like that? You know, being a pastor, I love people, and and sometimes I can battle being a people pleaser. Do you ever battle that? Like I don't want to let people down. Anyone in here like that? Like I I want to give, give, and I'll give, I'll go, man. I will give, 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 give till I got nothing to give. And what hangs in the balance is joy. What hangs in the balance is family. What hangs in the balance is excellence. Because if you have too much quantity, your quality is lacking. And as a pastor, what I've had to do is, is there's some things in my life i got to change. I can't meet with everybody. There was a time where every breakfast, there was a time where every lunch, sometimes even dinners, meeting with people, meeting. And sometimes I, I remember not too long ago having a meeting that was super important, Pastor. It ended up being like a two-and-a-half-hour meeting. And I remember sitting there and thinking, I will never do this again. I'll never do this again. You know why? Because I, I was cutting into the family. And really, truthfully, this guy could help himself if he thought differently. And I cared about him, but I thought, ah. You ever been there before? 
And God says there's a better way to live. God invites us back. He invites us back. So for me, I said, you know what? I'm not going to meet with everybody. I just can't do it. I'm going to say no, and I'm going to smile, and I'm still going to love them. No, no. And you know what I've discovered? It feels good to say no. It feels good to say no. You get some of your life back when you say no. When you, when you try not to live for other people's expectations, but you live for God's purpose for your life, there's more. In fact, in three and a half years, three and a half years, Jesus fulfilled his life purpose. He shows up three and a half years, accomplishes what Father God tells him to do, and he's like, I'm out. Three and a half years. Why? Because there was some focus. There was some discipline. Wisdom is the art of living skillfully in our generation. That's what wisdom is. And Jesus has some wisdom. God has some wisdom for you and I to absorb, to think about, to marinate in, and empower us to change so that we can live life differently instead of living like everyone else does. Paul penned these words writing to a church in Ephesus. We call them Ephesians. And Paul penned these words to the church at Ephesus. Let's look at it. Ephesians 5, 15 through 17. And he says this, so be. By the way, we're not human doings. We're human beings. Just be. So be, it's like a drink, right? So be careful how you live. See, when I'm careful how I live, then I'm not careless how I live. That was deep. Did you get that? For all you that came today for something deep, here it is. When you're careful, you're not careless. God says this. God says, be careful how you live because there's a right way and a wrong way. Don't live like the fools. Don't live like fools, which means I have to ask myself, how do fools live? But live like those, are, those that are wise. How do wise people live? We'll talk about it in just a second. Next, next verse. Make the most of every opportunity. Someone say opportunity. See, your schedule and my schedule, if we're not careful, if we're not intentional, we can fill it up, fill it up, fill it up. But if we just fill it up, if we are just active but not productive, what are we doing? If we're just maxing out but we're not accomplishing, what are we doing? Here, Paul says, Make the most of every opportunity. And I want to say this. Not every opportunity is the right opportunity. You don't have to do it all. You have to say yes to everything. So make the most of every opportunity. Why? Because these are evil days. See, our greatest investment is not what we have in the bank. It's not our Roth IRA. Our greatest investment is our kids. There are kids. And you know and I know these are evil days in which we live. So scripture goes on, it says this, don't act thoughtlessly, that's how fools live, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. So if I break this verse down, if you're taking notes, be careful, not careless, how, how you live, which means we got to take the time to evaluate, how am I living? Am I living life with no margin? Am I living life without? And don't live like the fools. How do fools live? They are careless and thoughtless. They have no, no margin. I read the story about the, not the prodigal son. I read the story about the good Samaritan 
And a priest saw this guy, and he walked by, and another guy saw, and he walked by. And I've often thought about that story in Scripture, and I thought, why would you do that? If you, if you were a pastor, if you were a, a priest, or if you were in the ministry, why would you walk by someone that was bloody and beaten? And then I thought, maybe they had somewhere else they had to go. Maybe sometimes in all the places that we have to go and the things we have to do, maybe we miss it. God says there's a better way, but live like the wise. How do the live with, how do the wise live? They make the most. The wise capitalize. They make the most of every opportunity today. They seize the day and they don't act thoughtlessly. They think. And by thinking, they understand what the Lord wants them to do. In other words, by, by thinking, by thinking through, they understand what God wants them to do. That's called your destiny. And your purpose. And God has an amazing one for you. So I'd encourage you to get some non-negotiables in your life. I'd encourage you to draw some lines. I'd encourage you to make a stop doing list and go to town. I'd encourage you to say no more often. I had to realize I can't meet with everybody. And what I can do is I can create time to pray. I can create time to work on the message, and I can create time to lead the vision because I'm the vision carrier for this organization, and it starts with me. And if I'm not healthy, as Tim goes, our staff will go. And as you, as a parent, as a mom or the dad, as you go, so your kids will go. So I say we have some ground to take back. I say we have a different way to live, a better way to live. For Steph and I, personally, Thursday nights, Thursday nights are a family night. So if someone wants something to do on Thursday, it's an automatic no. Sorry, it's just no. We already know. It's no because Thursday is family night. It's movie night or game night because I'm going to fight for that because I don't want to get I, – I, talk about it next week. I, I, I don't want to get right to the end of my rope and, and, man, you build a great church and where's your family? Better just keep going because I really want to talk about that today. Friday, Friday is date day. People say, hey, can you do this Friday? No, we can't do it. All three of our kids are now in school, and that's really cool. Love you. We love you. Have a great day. See ya. <laughs> Date day. Someone says, well, this really got important. You, you know, and there are few, very few times. If we come see you in the hospital on a Friday, you're dying. You're dying. It is not good. I'm just telling you. We get, you just see me. It's, it's Friday. We got to guard it. We got to guard it because if we don't, we won't. So with heads bowed and eyes closed, can I ask you a question? Are you currently struggling in this area? Can I pray for you? And will you let me know by simply raising your hand saying, Tim, I'm battling this. I'm struggling. I'm not winning in this area. I'm not winning. Would you hold it up? Hold it up high all over. Man, tons of hands. My hand's up with you. You should have preached me this sermon. Hold it up. That's right. And God invites us to a better life. I want you to listen to these words. They're so incredible. With heads bowed, you can put your hands down. With eyes closed, I want to pray for you. And then I want you to maybe just keep your eyes closed. And let these words sink deep into your soul. God, we love you. We really need your help here. I really need your help here. Help me to slow down. God, with haste comes waste. Help us to downshift. Help us to breathe. 
God, help us just to realize that we can prioritize. Not everything has to be done today. Not every room has to be clean. Maybe not every toy. There are some things by stepping back and slowing down, there are some things that we'll really gain. And in this fast-paced culture and in this crazy life, may we live differently. In Jesus' name. Screaming bare feet at the floor It's off to the races Everybody out the door I'm feeling like I'm falling behind It's a crazy life I'm 90 miles an hour Going fast as I can Pushing a little harder Trying to get the upper hand So much to do in so little time It's a crazy life it's ready, set, go. It's another wild day when the stress is on the rise. My heart, I feel you say, just breathe, just breathe. Come and rest at my feet and be, just be chaos calls. But all you really need is to just breathe. A third cup of joe just to get me through the day. Wanna make the most of time. I feel it slip away. I wonder if there's something more to this crazy life. I'm busy, 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 and it's no surprise to see I only have time. Me, 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 there's gotta be something more to this crazy life. I'm hanging on tight to another wild day when it starts to fall apart. My heart, I hear you say, just breathe, just breathe. Come and rest at my feet and be. Just be chaos calls, but all you really need is to take it and fill your lungs. The peace of God overcomes. Just breathe, just breathe. We'll let your weary spirit rest. I doubt what's good. Just breathe, just breathe, just breathe, just breathe. Come and rest at my feet and be just be chaos goes, but all. Just breathe, just breathe. 
for those of us that are Jesus followers, the greatest thing we could do is carve out some margin to be still and to know that he is God and to breathe, to breathe him in. Only in doing so will we be able to breathe him out. I prayed for you as Jesus followers and my prayer for you this week is that you will create that margin that you'll go home today and you'll say things got to change maybe it's stepping away from that extra promotion that's sucking the very life out of you maybe it's deciding to live within your means maybe it's deciding to block out family time non-negotiable don't care if the president calls no I don't know what that looks like for you but I pray that we can live differently because we're living creatively because we have the margin to do it. And then if you're here today and you say, Tim, wow, like that was powerful and I don't believe in God. Can I just tell you, I would love for you to know how much God believes in you. He loves you so much that he proved it because actions speak louder than words. So while you and I were sinners, while we're on this life where we've sinned and we've sinned again, God has pursued us with this love relationship that won't let go. He's pursued you every day of your life and he wants you to know that he loves you, that he's for you, that he's not against you. When sin entered this world through disobedience, a chasm, was created we have a holy God and then we had a sinful man and where God and man walked together in the cool of the day all of a sudden sin led to shame and shame led to hiding and hiding isn't at all God's heart so God saw the sin and he prepared a sacrifice so that we could be back right with God The sacrifice was his only son, Jesus. The price was his life. Shedding his blood was dying a criminal's death to pay for once and for all the sins of the entire world. And that sin, the only sin that will keep you from God's love is the sin of unbelief. And God says, come, come to me. All you who are weary. There are people here today, you're weary with religion. You're burnout. And what you need is you need Jesus. So I'm speaking to people today that, man, you've been living life without, without God, without a relationship with him. And today you can live life with. There's these verses that are so, so accurate, so powerful, so clear. And it simply says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You know, if you were drowning in the Gulf and a lifeguard saw you, a lifeguard would do what that lifeguard does. They would come to save. Jesus is the greatest lifeguard ever. And he came, that's called Calvary. And he opened up his arms to say, I love you this much. And today he says, come to me. 
and I will give you. He'll give you rest, but not just, oh, I've been tired, but he'll give you rest, spiritual rest, because there's no rest like knowing when your head hits the pillow that God is your father. And if you don't know that, can I just encourage you to quit letting all the questions and the doubts and the fears and the years keep you from doing life without God. Would you just humble yourself right where you are and say, God, in spite of all my fears, all my questions, all my doubts, I say yes to you. And I say yes to your love and I, I give my life to you. If you do that today, he will come, he will live inside of you. And I'm not saying it's going to get easier. I'm just saying it's going to be a lot better. Would you pray with me as a family? We'll pray together out loud for those who today for the first time. You're saying yes to God. You're saying yes to having a relationship with him. You're saying no to your pride. You're saying yes to God. Let's pray together. Can we, church? Let's pray as a family out loud. Dear God, thank you for loving me. Thank you for proving your love by dying on the cross, for shedding your blood, sacrificing your life. Thank you for that kind of love. I accept your love and all that comes with it. I have questions, lots of them. I have fears and doubts, but I come just as I am. I give you my life. I receive your life. Now teach me how to live. In Jesus' name, amen. With heads bowed and eyes closed, would you just simply... You just simply say, Tim, today I gave my life to Christ. We're going to clap. We're going we're gonna, to um, celebrate just in this holy moment. Would you say, Tim, today I did that. I gave my life to Christ. Would you raise your hand up? Would you just hold it up high? That's right. Just hold it up. Go ahead and clap, church. Say, Tim, today I gave my life to Jesus. Come on, church. Put your hands together. Look up here. Nothing greater, nothing better than saying yes to Jesus so proud of you.